Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moore, and I'm so excited you've tuned in. Today's program is brought to you by Trost Marketing. Trost Marketing is your marketing and printing solution specialist for your business. Find out more at trostmarketing.com. Here at YBT, our mission is focused on connecting and inspiring and developing young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. Each month, you'll hear from an experienced and practical leader in business from the state of Oklahoma. This month's luncheon speaker is Luke Sherman. Luke is a nationally recognized figure to law enforcement communities across the United States and in several other countries. As a director for the National Tactical Officers Association, Luke has played a pivotal role in assisting and providing subject matter expertise to members of both the U.S. Senate and U.S. House. Without further ado, here's Luke Sherman. What an unbelievable opportunity. Um, There's synchronicity in everything you do in life, and I believe that wholeheartedly. I think God has a plan for your life, and it just moves down the road, and if you try to second-guess it, you get, uh, you get the question mark, and then you figure out two days later that was relevant, and here's why it was relevant. But as Matt's sitting here talking, um, several things came up that, that are here in my notes. And, and sometimes I'll speak from the heart, but I really want to be on point today, so I'm going to stay with an outline because there's so much that I want to deliver in a small amount of time. I can feel my hair grow, so I've got to move quickly down the road. But he mentioned the mountaintop, and in leadership and in business, we're not, we're not working toward trying to obtain mediocrity. We're looking for the best. And, and there's something in leadership that correlates directly to business. And, and leaders are business leaders. And they do do that. And, and when they fail, they're responsible. And when the business fails, you're responsible. But there's, there's synchronicity in that. And then another big word that's, that's, that resonates and it oozes from me um, in my, in my work as a Tulsa policeman and also in my travels and in my, in my life with my wife and my kids, and it's service. And, 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 and there's guys in here so I can know, and there's women as well. There's certain times where your wife might not be happy with you because you're not serving her in the capacity you need to. So it, it even goes right down to that, or my mother or my father. So those two words are significant to me. Um, and, and, and I'm sitting with Juwan, and I thought, man, you know, I point down, and I say, there's the mountaintop. That's, that's pretty amazing, because that's what I'm going to talk about today. But I'm going to move quickly through me, uh, because me is not what I want to preach about today and, and, and deliver. I want to deliver a message about the relevancy and the correlation between law enforcement and leadership, but law enforcement and how it really needs to in- integrate and embrace our, our, our civic leaders and our business leaders. Um, because of what this community and this country is going through. It's too important. It's too important to be bifurcated. It's too important to go over to my corner of the world, law enforcement. Um, I need to embrace the leadership. I need to embrace the Christian values that we believe in here in this country um, for the betterment of the people we serve. So Luke Sherman, uh, born in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, born into a foster system. Right away, I got a shot at life. I was adopted. Uh, Bill Sherman and Harry Sherman are my parents. They don't look like me. Uh, they're both white, striking resemblance when people see us together. But they gave me a shot at life. Um, they had two wonderful kids, but they, they, they took a shot at a little kid that was biracial because back in the 60s that was not really well received in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, but they had the guts to do it, and, and here I am today. Um, Matt mentioned the director stuff. I also own a small security business, and I'll talk a little bit about that. 
Um, that security business is designed to provide threat assessments, risk mitigation, um, site security, uh, density population analysis on, on individuals and locations like universities. Why is this happening? What can we do to make it more safe for the people that are in that business? Is, is a university a business? Absolutely. So when they come to me and they say, we want to talk to you about this, there's relevancy in me understanding. And, and I'm, I'm excited about something that was told to me a while ago, um, not even a week ago, but a gentleman that's a very, very significant business person in town did the old timeout, and he said, Luke, he goes, you're an amazing speaker. And he goes, you've sold me on your business. He goes, I need it. But he goes, the true, and he said Zen, I'm not a Buddhist, so I'm gonna say the true Christ moment for me, but the true moment where it just dings in your head that you have made it with a business connection is when you're listening to them and you're not trying to sell your business to them. And, and so I said, define it for me. And he said, an hour, 45 minutes, that person's talking and you're listening. And he said, if they're talking, you're selling. And I believe that because I believe that ultimately the service I'm providing needs to match the person. And if I can tell you everything about my specialties, I can tell you all of the crazy stuff that I've been trained in, but if the person doesn't identify what that need is for them, doesn't make sense. I can present the best message possible, it still doesn't make sense. So the director of the NTOA, that, that group is special to me because that group is about a macro approach, 40,000 people globally that come together and we believe how can we make law enforcement better in its service and its delivery of, of the product that it gives you. Um, extremely, extremely important. Ferguson, Trayvon Martin, the racial issues we're dealing with, civic unrest, Things that go bump in the night and then turn into a flaming city are important to, I think, everybody here in business. So that's, um, I've been blessed with that since 2007, to be able to sit in a room with eight other gentlemen and craft the journey and the waypoints to get this national group of law enforcement decision makers, as well as Australians and the Germans and the British um, and the Canadians now are on board. So we've gone macro, and I believe in that. I believe in, if you think big, you're going to hit it. If you, if you, you know, in law enforcement, if you aim small, you hit small. But if you, if your expectation is here to affect the 40,000 SWAT people, then, then we're missing. There's 1.8 first responders in the United States. That's the mission. Um, so with that, I'm, I'm moving into YBT. I was introduced to YBT. Uh, where's he at? Where's Brian? Brian and Jessica. And I was introduced quickly, and I, and I realized what a, what a cool group, what a powerful group. But, but, but a group that, that started with a vision, but what happens is leaders serve their people, but they also begin to identify quickly, the game moves on. And people say, give me, give me relevance. Well, I grew up in Wisconsin, or Wisconsin, as they say. Um, but, but Brett Favre was everything. My mother's a little red-haired Irish woman, striking resemblance when you see her next to me, but she's passionate about the green and gold Green Bay Packers. And everybody knows, I see one, he's got to be a Viking fan, but I, but I see everybody here and, and Brett Favre, everybody knows that name. The game moves on. And in business, the game's going to move on. And in law enforcement, the game moves on. In anything we do, the game moves on. You have an amazing pastor, eventually he'll be replaced. So leaders begin to identify immediately, where's my replacement? Is he worthy? Is he capable of carrying on the same vision I have? Or in the form of Aaron Rodgers, is he better? And so the moment that we become inclusive and we think I'm gonna hold on to and I'm gonna hoard my leadership skills and I'm not gonna share them, we've failed not only that person, but I've failed the people I serve. 
And that is extremely important. That's seared into my mind as probably the number one thing in leadership you do is you serve your people, you empower them, you give them the tools they need, and then you tell them, I got you, I got you. If we fall, I'm gonna, I'll clean your tough skins up and we're gonna keep moving down the road. I just dated myself. I wore tough skins. Um, but I see leaders here. I see past leaders who are still here. They're still leaders, but I see the transition of the baton to the new leadership. And there's future leaders that aren't even here yet that these guys are prepared to deliver to. That resonates with me because that's a living, breathing organization of the continuation of excellence. Um, if we think we're at the top of the mountain, um, there's always another side and it's slippery. So to stay up there, you've got to maintain that professionalism. You've got to maintain those relationships. Leadership, I'm going to read you a quote. It's, it's, I'm a big quote person, so I'll give you a hug if you don't like it. Um, but it is not, but it is not the way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the servant. And that's, that's not a quote. That's biblical. That's Luke 22, 26. I like Luke for some reason. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's leaders serve their people. It's not the gladiator issue where I'm riding down the hill and everybody's with me. In their minds, that's the case. But in actuality, I serve them. I may do it quietly. I may do it emphatically. But I serve the people. I serve the group of my fugitive guys that work for me now. Um, and they do an amazing job. And people say, man, you're a great leader. You know what? I'm blessed to have that group because that group makes me look good, um, regardless if I shave or not. They make me look good. So leaders serve their people. Here's another one for you. Where there's no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there's victory. An organization without leadership is void of direction, the waypoints. It's void of, of the, the inspiration. It's void of the character. It's void of the very engine to succeed. And, and I know that there's leaders in here because I'm looking at them. Leadership, and you guys have heard it, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Leadership is not about popularity. Leadership is about defining the mission, defining where we're going with the business, and saying, I love you, and you're not going to be happy because we're going to have to work 12 hours today, but we're getting the job done. Um, but I'll be here with you to get that job done. That's important to me. Leaders serve their people. When we become self-serving, and if I become self-serving, it's time to retire. It's time to retire. It's time to go away because this job that I'm doing now is too important for me. Um, General Norman Schwarzkopf says this, leadership is a potent combination of strategy and character. Which one would we rather be void of if you had to get rid of one? Strategy. It's all about character. Somebody can help me with strategy. I can be the best stratego in the world, but if I lack character, then we fail. Um, and you've seen it in history so many times. I got to go to see General Custer's issue and he thought he was a strategist, but he lacked character to be able to listen to his troops and, and they paid a dear price. So I look at that. The invitation by Matt, this is my next point. When Matt asked me to speak and the group asked me to speak, I, I thought, fantastic. But then I thought, well, what's the relevancy? How, how can I correlate law enforcement to, to business leadership? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna now move into that with you because I believe it's absolutely essential that, that we begin to embrace our business leaders to heal this community and to heal America because it's not going to happen with me deploying a thousand troops into an area that's needed. Um, I can deploy 10 with a different formula and make it work. Um, that example was given to me and I said that if I'm listening, we're selling. And that goes back to what I'm talking about. The correlation between the business community and law enforcement is this. Protection is one thing that we will always do. Um, and there's some noble men and women that have, that have paid the dear price for it. Our military does it. We protect you. 
and it's an honor to do that. I, I absolutely enjoy catching a child abductor. I absolutely enjoy buying a Coca-Cola for a murder suspect. Um, that's something I've always wanted to do, and I always do it. When I get my homicide suspects, I buy them a Coca-Cola and list the machines out. Then they're stuck. They get a bottle of water. But the point is, we enjoy putting those people in jail because we hunt for them, and that's what you asked me to do. Um, in my third part of my career, 24 years in now, I've now started to develop an understanding of what my third and final piece to my, to my service is. It's not about the protection. Um, I've done that. Certain people have said maybe I haven't, but I have. I've got a distinguished career. I've been blessed. Um, but the medals don't matter to me. The, the critical point that now is, is absolutely what I feel is the service side of it. Protection and service. Service is what business is. Um, you make money at it, but service is what business is. If you've got a lawn and garden service, if you have a tire shop and that's a service, we're providing that for people, an oil refinery, whatever the business is, you're still in the business of service. So the correlation for me is that law enforcement does serve as well. And people say, well, how do you serve? We serve by empathizing. We serve by building rapport. We serve by going to communities that don't trust us and actually getting into communities. We've spoken to communities where they don't trust us. And my point is, I'm gonna sit for a minute and listen, but then I'm gonna tell you that a victim is a victim. That's important to certain communities that have had a lasting relationship of distrust. So in service, I want to actually reach out and I wanna go into those communities. Um, how does that correlate to business? What do we think? It correlates to business because as business moves, so does the community, but as the community burns, the business doesn't. So we have to start reaching out, we have to start getting into the community as a whole, and I think it's a powerful position um, with our churches, as well as our businesses, when we start to reach out to parts of this community that are hurting and don't have hope, and we come in and we say, from a law enforcement perspective, we serve you. Not we enforce you, we serve you. Um, it's, it's too important to me. Um, I'll give you a couple really quick numbers, um, but, but, I, but I gotta read this to you. To give real service, you must add something which cannot be brought or measured with money. And that's a sincerity and integrity. And that's something that we strive for every day. Um, we may deal with a child molester. Um, and, and we dealt with a, a young man that, that, that scraped a girl off the street, pulled her straight out of a, a playground. Uh, evil as evil could be. And I looked at him and he was an evil man. But that's not my job to judge him. You still gotta, you still gotta respect him. You st he's still got a mother. A mother probably didn't understand it, but you have to serve that community, which we were able to bring that young lady back to her mom, which was amazing. But at the same point, we were able to establish, and here's where I'm at, the correlation and the connections with business. And I don't wanna give this away to, to make it sound like I want you guys to applaud this, but guys secretly engaged our business leaders and our business leaders, and I won't give you all the details because I don't want it to get out because that's not the mission, but they engaged the business leaders in that community and the business leaders who had relationships with the law enforcement group came together on behalf of that family. That's why we do what we do, and that's what the connection and the relevance of the connection between the two is. Um, if we're doing our own thing, we can't get it done. I spoke to two community leaders, and they said, Luke, you gotta bring us help. And I said, I can send you a battalion of a thousand men and women into an area, and we can do it just like when I had hair in the 90s. And we can jump fences and we can chase the bad guys, but there will never be understanding. 
Now I'm going to fast forward and say, we can do it, but I'm going to send 10 men to do that job, 10 men and women. And I'm going to find the pastor that's in that area, and I'm going to find the two business, business leaders that are in that area, and I'm going to say, let's have a cup of coffee. I like to drink coffee. And we're going to meet, and we're going to discuss a plan, and that plan is to reach the community through a completely different manner than protecting them. It's going to be serving them. And that is powerful stuff. Um, the formula is there. We just need to do it. Um, image. I'm going to give you three things that are important to me. How's my time? Good. I don't have my watch. I never wear a watch. Time is, time is something you can't beat, so just leave it alone. Okay. Image, service, and relationships. Those are the things I'm after. The image of law enforcement, the services I provide you, women in recovery, drug treatment courts, empathizing with our street homeless people, getting out and actually engaging them and caring about them. If we develop a situation where we can take four or five people that are in substance abuse programs and turn them, maybe it turns into business. And it does turn into business. They engage back into society. That's too important. One of the things I want to leave with you is this. Always plan for failure. What do we think? When I teach my local commanders and my SWAT people, they say, you're, cra you're crazy. Here's my battle plan. Here's my operation. We're going to succeed. And I agree. Plan for failure and learn to make adjustments from that failure for your plan. Because in the heat of battle, in that situation, you'll lose the initiative to get the job done because of the curveball that was a failure. And, and we teach that now, and we call it emergency planning or risk mitigation planning. Plan for failure. Don't plan and expect failure, but plan. What's going to happen when we hit this front door and the first three guys get shot in the head? That's failure. If I don't plan for it, then I'm in a, in a causal effect of absolute breakdown. And as a leader, then my business stalls or my initiative to get in that house stalls. Plan for failure. It's too important. True leadership, and this is something I wrote, is defined by the actions of one when all hope and faith is lost. This leader has vision. This leader has faith. This leader has confidence. And he's aware that he could make a mistake by making a decision, but he's going to make it anyway. To bring his troops through the valley to the mountaintop. That's important. I have the vision. Be confident in your ability. Know where, you, know where your faith is and understand they expect you to make that decision on their behalf to get them through the valley to the mountaintop. This is a leader who has leadership by selflessly serving others. And that's what I intend to do and that's what I will continue to do. Um, I'll leave you with this. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to serve you. And these are some extremely trying times in America. And, and I can't think of a better way for law enforcement who's been beating their head against the wall who has lost trust in the community, we're hurting too, to embrace our community through our businesses, through our churches, and through the people, and we will win it at that point. Again, we can send a 1,000, or I can send 10 that are willing to connect, and that's the mission for me, and that's what I think about business, and that's how I think we should work this thing together. I'll leave you one more word. Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me, and that's my mission. So thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this month's message. If you live in the Tulsa area, be sure to join us next month for a free lunch and another great speaker. We meet on the second Monday of every month at Tiamo's, 61st and Sheridan at 1130 a.m. For more information about YBT, visit ybtok.com. At Young Businessmen of Tulsa, we are building leaders for a lifetime.